0: Welcome to the That's Teaching Life podcast, where I help keep teachers motivated and inspired. Welcome along to this week's podcast, and I'm continuing with my series of interviews with teacher entrepreneurs to find out a little bit about their background and to find out why they decided to go out and freelance and how that has changed their lives, if it has and any tips they can give you. So today I'm interviewing Alison Goodingham, and Alison, I really do hope that I pronounced your surname correctly, who is a teacher entrepreneur who I met online during a challenge we both did. So let's get into this interview because I know Alison has so much to tell us. So welcome Alison, Uh, if you don't mind, let's start by telling the listeners a little bit about you. For example, where you're from, where you are now, and a little bit about your background.
1: Hi, Richard. Thanks so much for inviting me to your podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And yes, you pronounced my surname absolutely perfectly. Excellent. So where am I from? Well, if I am going to admit it, I was born in Essex in the UK, but only actually lived there until I was three years old. Then we moved up to Cheshire, where I lived for 10 years with my family before my father's job took us on a move again. And instead of working out of the Manchester office of the company he was with, he went to Liverpool. I spent three years on the Wirral, um, by which time my parents had moved back down to the south in Hampshire, where they are now, in a town called Alton which is halfway between Guildford and Winchester and I moved there when I was 16 years old but I've actually, even if my parents are still there today quite some years later, I've only lived in Alton for two years. Um, I went off at 18 years old to study a degree in business administration at the University of Bath, which I absolutely loved and met a wide range of uh, friends from all over the world. And then uh, in my final year at university, I actually did an Erasmus exchange to Rotterdam, um, which was an incredible experience, and it's where I met... uh, the father of my children um, and that 's what brought me to Spain back in one thousand nine hundred and ninety two when the Barcelona Olympics were on i moved over moved over to Spain, and I have lived here ever since. And when I first came over in 92, I did not speak a word of Spanish. So the absolutely only thing I could do was to teach English. I did a qualification, a TEFL qualification before coming. And I adore teaching. Um, I love just helping people and being a part of their journey in order for them to learn a language.
0: Okay, well, thanks for that info, Alison. Um... So did you always have an interest in teaching or did it come later in life? And if so, what made you look at teaching? Because I know I always had an interest, but I didn't necessarily have an interest in teaching English, but it came later in life because I moved to Barcelona and I saw there was a lot of demand. So what made you go for teaching English?
1: So an interest in teaching, well, when I was probably about 10 years old, um, I told my parents very clearly that uh, I was either going to be a teacher, a math teacher in particular, or a hairdresser. My mother at that point could envisage that I would spend all day counting the hairs on everybody's head. And then I went to the opposite extreme. By the time I was about uh, 18 years old, off to university, I said, if teaching were the last job on earth, I would never do it. And I think a part of that was perhaps seeing the change in how children were being brought up um, and consequently the change in the role that teachers played, thinking in particular of working with children. So... um, When I came to Spain, as I said previously, I was only able to teach English, and I fell in love with it from day one. Um, I know it's a language absolutely full of exceptions. There are as many, if not more, exceptions than rules. There are many other moments that uh, make a lot of sense to me, and uh, I enjoyed explaining that. And I have just loved working with all age groups. Um, I've worked with lots of adults, but I've even worked with kids, with babies, with teenagers. And every single age group, every single student brings their needs and their challenges. And I have loved trying to solve um, their needs and challenges so that they could improve their language and really get them to believe that they could do it. Um, So I do not regret a single moment of teaching. In fact, probably if I could turn the clock back, uh, perhaps I wouldn't have studied business or having finished my business degree, I would have uh, focused a lot more on perhaps a PGCE as well, something I never did.
0: Okay, let's just delve a little bit deeper and... You know, why did you first become an English teacher? Tell us about that journey.
1: So I became an English teacher in order to survive over here in Spain and to pay my way. Um, but it's brought me years and years of happiness. I have worked as a plain old teacher. I have worked as a um, Head teacher, so I've been involved in overseeing the didactic team, um, the hiring of them, training of them, which I adored as well. I love being involved with the students. I've had my own business a couple of times now um, when my kids were very young. I relaunched myself and worked with kids here in the village outside of Barcelona where I lived and live and I loved every minute of that. But now um, I have uh, moved back to working with adults again.
0: Well, Alison, I think so far, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff here. You're providing a lot of great information. Um, and what made you transition into becoming more of a coach? Uh, rather just as a traditional English teacher and what is your niche who do you serve who are your uh, the type of clients that you work with?
1: So whenever I have been working with anybody uh, in terms of helping them improve their English whether it be a, a kid a teenager or an adult it's always been a lot more than just the nuts and bolts of the language. Um, It's always been about getting the message across that the most important thing was to be able to communicate what you wanted to say. If it wasn't absolutely perfectly correct, that wasn't a problem. Um, The way I've learnt my Spanish when I moved over here was very much how babies learn their their native language. So first of all, lots and lots of listening and then starting to speak. And finally, the last part of the process is reading and writing. So I am, a, having seen that evolution and and success in my own Spanish learning, I'm a huge believer that that is the best way to be learning uh, a foreign language. And it's when you are able to use the language because it sounds good as opposed to you're always making uh, a grammatical analysis and consequently you really don't end up saying what what you want to say um, why did i become more of a coach well i guess in all of my teaching years um, because of what i've just explained it hasn't just been about teaching and explaining things it's about getting all my students on board and being responsible for their own learning and their own progress, which is really important because if you can own it, um, it's easier to be much more successful. Um, Also trying to make it very relevant to what they need English for um, and trying to find what motivates them and what sparks an interest so that they... Are keen to continue with their learning journey um, because learning any language, like in fact, learning anything in life, it is a continuous journey. It's not um, a short affair. And why did I go into working with entrepreneurs, which is my specific niche? Well, I'm an entrepreneur myself um, in many areas, not only in uh, my coaching now or more of my teaching with the children some years ago, but I am also a partner in a couple of businesses here in Spain with my Spanish family. Um, On the one hand, we have um, an olive oil business um, and that, in particular, was what made me think about focusing on entrepreneurs here, particularly in Spain, but also in other countries, in uh, Italy. Um, I also uh, work with Italians. And. Um, Basically, having seen my Spanish nephews who've launched this olive oil business, we produce a high quality olive oil, which we sell all over the world and particularly we sell in the United States. And of course, I've been working with them closely in order to ensure that they had the right English that they needed to be able to launch our product in an English-speaking country. So it was something very close at heart to me, and I could see the real need and understand that these entrepreneurs, they don't have a lot of time because they're constantly firefighting. They are jack-of-all-trades, so they're doing a little bit of everything in their business, and they cannot dedicate hours and hours and hours of time to their English. Um, And with my knowledge and background with our business in the olive oil and we also have uh, cartridge shops for cartridges for printers they're here in Spain um, but just being aware of the language they would need in order to attain their goals of launching a product abroad or um, the other area I work on very closely with my clients who are entrepreneurs is a uh, levelling up their English in order to be able to present to possible foreign investors. Um, That's another huge part of why entrepreneurs are looking to improve their English.
0: Now, to follow on from that question, um, I mean, what I have found myself and with a lot of other people that I've talked to, that that transition from English teacher to English coach can be quite difficult because if we label ourselves as an english teacher a lot of the times people don't value that um and one of the things that that i always feel is that people say is well i can't charge a lot of money for english lessons because there's so much competition um so how did you find that transition i mean did you find it difficult
1: well um the transition in terms of working with my clients obviously i'm working in a much more specialized niche um so i need to spend more time on uh marketing myself uh getting out there so that those people who need help in this area um we can connect um That's brought more variety into my work, though. Obviously, it's not just about doing the the classes with my clients. Um, In terms of the English side of things, um, obviously, I have a programme that is an awful lot more focused now so that we really go to the point and work on the specific areas of English in order to up entrepreneurs' Uh, communication and presentation skills in English, which is basically why um, they are looking to spend some time working with me. Um, And in terms of charging a lot of money, (laughs) that's a difficult question. Um, It's been a pretty logical transition, to be honest with you, because of the Added value that I am providing to these students, um, especially those students who follow my program from start to finish and do all the work. In fact, many of them say it they still find it to be um, almost a cheap price uh, in terms of the benefits they get if they do the complete program. Um, Those people who turn up to the sessions and don't do all the work between times, obviously the progress isn't quite the same. And some of those clients have perhaps doubted a little bit the value, but they have also recognised that um, everything was left clear before they started. And it's been unfortunate that they hadn't taken full advantage of the opportunity.
0: Now, listen, I know there's one thing that always comes up and it's something that um, I've gone through in various parts of uh, my life as my career has progressed. But it is this idea of imposter syndrome that so many people feel that when they start on their journey, do I have a right to charge more money for English coaching? And who am I to actually do this? So a two part question. First of all, has it ever happened to you? Uh, that you've had imposter syndrome and the second most important thing is how have you overcome
1: this I think imposter syndrome is very real but not just as a teacher entrepreneur for me um I get that in all walks of my life and I think everybody gets that at some point or another in some area or another of their lives um Even as I bring up my kids, there have been times where, oh, golly, am I doing it right? I'm not good enough for them. I'm not helping them enough. Um, It's that constant uh, battle, isn't it, that we have moments, and probably this happens more when I'm extremely busy, a little bit tired, and that's when the doubts set in a little bit more, but it's almost like having... um, an angel and a devil in your head at the same time and it's who's going to win the devil who's more calling you out as an imposter or the angel who says no no you're absolutely doing it fine um so i think anybody who says they've never ever felt that feeling is not being completely honest with themselves but it's something that we have to work on um And I think it's something that helps keep me on my toes to make sure that I am providing my best self to my clients and the best service, the best program that I can provide in order for them to reach their goals in English.
0: Now, one of the things that I have certainly found in my teacher entrepreneur journey is that sometimes motivation can be difficult. I mean, you know, when you have classes that are assigned by an academy, you have to do them, you know what you're doing, you get motivated. But sometimes maybe we won't have our um, our agendas filled, and especially when it comes to August and the summer uh, in general, um, we tend not to maybe have as many hours. So this can sometimes lead to a decrease in motivation. How do you, Alison, how do you sort of get over that? How do you stay motivated?
1: Easy to stay motivated. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough when you are out there on your own. Um, And I think for me, the best thing that I have done is become part of a group of teacher entrepreneurs, which... um, We might not all be teaching the same sorts of clients in the same niches, but we all follow a similar process and we all have similar struggles. And it's a fantastic way to find support, to bounce ideas off other people. Um, But yes, it's a constant battle, I would say, to stay motivated. And particularly, like most things in life, when things are going really well... It's easier to stay positive, and when there are slower periods um, with less interaction with uh, prospective clients or clients themselves, it's a little more complicated and uh, challenging to stay motivated. But as I say, surrounding myself by like-minded people... Um, planning out my days, my weeks, my months, uh, reading um, useful books that can uh, expand on my knowledge um, and basically just trying to get to know my clients and what their needs are, which constantly change as well. It's a great way to stay motivated as It's a great way to learn and that's what keeps me going as well.
0: Okay, some excellent stuff coming through there. Um, The next thing then is, well, what are the advantages of being an independent teacher or teacher entrepreneur? I mean, what do you find is one of the best things about this? Or if you have two or three great things, please do um, let our listeners know. Because I think this will encourage a lot of people who are thinking of Becoming an independent teacher, moving away from academies, from um, schools, from uh, you know programs where they mightn't be making the money that they deserve. So tell me about some of the advantages that you found, Alison, as uh, an independent teacher or a teacher entrepreneur.
1: One of the best things about being a teacher entrepreneur for me is the flexibility of mm, tailoring my timetable to not just my clients' needs, but also my needs. My needs as uh, a mum, I have three children, uh, two of whom have already flown the nest and are away at university, but I still have my son at home, and I am able to combine work hours with His requirements in terms of taxi driving that we all know about, etc. etc. I live in Spain, and another huge advantage is I have just got back from a week in the UK and I could take my laptop with me and continue to do my classes from there. So I can combine with the possibility of going back home, going to see my family, um, and still. be able to keep going with my with my business. So, I would say um, those are probably for me the two most convenient things um, and most positive things about being an independent teacher entrepreneur.
0: Now, mindset is something that a lot of people struggle with, and can you tell me, Alison, how you know you have? your mindset has changed since you started to work for yourself. I mean, I know for me that when I left the corporate world back in 2021, I think it was, um, a lot of my clients who I was working with said, you look more relaxed and uh, you look happier. And I certainly do feel like that. But how has your mindset changed? Because obviously you're not just a teacher now, you're actually a business owner, entrepreneur. So let's delve a little bit into that.
1: I would say my mindset, Richard, is um, constantly changing. I'm needing to modify and adapt my mindset. So when I started off this journey um, just under a year ago, in fact, um, I was working all the hours under the sun, which you do need to do when it's your own business, but it was getting to the point of being absolutely crazy hours. And it became very necessary to change my mindset and say, well, you know, it's not a sprint. This is a, re- uh, a, a longer race. It's a marathon. I've got to keep going. And I've got to find a balance, a balance between my business and time for me, time for myself, time for my family, time to disconnect. Um, and as I continue learning, because this whole process is a continual learning process, as is life in general, I slightly modify my mindset and uh, tweak the way I think um, in order to feel more relaxed and more comfortable. Um, If I don't get there today, tomorrow's another day and I will carry on with my journey tomorrow. Um, As that good old saying goes, Rome was not built in a day. So um, it's about being consistent um, and I try not to beat myself up. You know, within the mix of things, there are also good days and bad days. And on the good days, I try to take advantage and work harder, do a bit more, uh, think of an extra post and prepare it. And on the days where I struggle, I don't beat myself up. And I opt for the things that are perhaps a little easier so that I have a feeling of moving forward and making progress. But uh, one day at a time and going a little bit with the flow.
0: Great stuff, Alison. Um, one of the things, and, and I know, again, from t- talking to teachers, is... Um, a lot of teachers suffer from burnout. I mean, they're working crazy hours or they're you know, doing classes in one part of the city and then they have to go to another part of the city and then they may have online classes and they get burnt out and they're teaching so many hours and not getting the pay that they actually do deserve. So what advice or tips would you give teachers who are currently suffering from burnout? I mean, either from your own personal experience or from experience that you've talked with other colleagues.
1: For those teachers who are teaching many hours for little pay, I do encourage you to take a look at specialising in a particular niche, whether it be a particular uh, job that people work in, um, whether it be a particular area of skill in terms of exam preparation for IELTS or for TOEFL or for something like this, um, at which point... You can start charging what is a more realistic rate because after all, as a teacher, we all know that an hour of class is not just an hour of your time between preparation and homework correction. I would say every hour of my classes means at least an hour behind the scenes in terms of prep and homework correction. So I would encourage you to think seriously about it and start to make the transition um, and to surround yourself by other like-minded people so that you can share your journey together.
0: Okay, some great information there, um, Alison. And you know, I think this is the final question. Um, So I want to get a really juicy answer from you and, what I want to know is, and what our listeners want to know is, what advice would you give to them if they were thinking of going out on their own, if they were thinking of making this jump into becoming a teacher entrepreneur or an independent teacher?
1: I think the best piece of advice I could give you if you're thinking about going out on your own as a teacher, teacher entrepreneur, I really would recommend going down the path that I went down. Um And this is to give a little plug, but uh, I did the 21-day challenge with James Liu and it was the best thing I ever did. Um, A very condensed course where very quickly and easily I was able to not only understand about putting a program together, but also all the sales and marketing skills that I would need in order to start this journey, which is where many of us teachers uh, stumble a little bit. Um, We are very used to giving classes and have lots of experience, but having to actually go out there and promote ourselves is another story. And um, it was time well spent. It saved me an awful lot of time of trial and error, trying to get there on my own. And it's provided me with a continued network of people who I can use. Um, We use each other to support ourselves and to help us along on the journey. Um, You don't need to have it all prepared before you actually launch yourself either. You just need to know the idea of where you are going and then as you start to reach out to prospective clients you then start to hone in and tailor make your program so that would be my advice to anyone thinking of it and to say give it a whirl you've got absolutely nothing to lose
0: well, guys, that wraps up another wonderful podcast. And I just want to say a big thank you to my special guest, Alison, for taking the time to be here today on our podcast. Um, remember to bookmark this podcast so you can get more inspiration stories each week. And of course, I also want to share tips on how to stay motivated, avoid burnout. And, you know, I, I know what it's like to be a teacher. I know the stress that you guys are um, under and the stress that I was under. And each and every week, you will either hear motivational stories from other teachers who have done probably what you want to do. And on alternate weeks, I will also um, talk about how to stay motivated, how to be toppy for your game. So make sure you bookmark, share this with your fellow teachers, and I'll talk to you very soon. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast to be kept up to date when I release new episodes.